Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. But you know, 
what? We're more ready now than we've ever been. And uh, we're in the last days, and it's an exciting time. There's some trouble times. You know, that's why, you know, God said in his word, let not your heart be troubled. And thank God, Jesus has already won the battle. And he's given us the victory. And so it's an exciting time because where sin abounds, much more grace abounds. That means there's more God empowerment in these last days than there's ever been up till now. Because it at least appears to me there's more sin going on. But thank God we're the church. I said thank God we're the church. The church is live, blood-bought, blood-washed. We're the redeemed. We have the truth. We've been set free. And we've got answers for the world. Aren't you glad that you found some answers in the Word of God? So this is a great day. And uh, along with that song, I was just thinking about there's one scripture in Psalms 107. I like this. It says, uh, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. How many of you believe that? He's a good God. For His mercy endures forever. How many of you are thankful for God's mercy today? You know, I heard one minister say this. You may know him. I think it was Ed Elliott that uh, said this. He said, Mercy, he goes, the best definition he's ever heard of mercy is where God will treat you better than you deserve. How many of you are glad this morning, you can testify, that you're glad you're not going to get exactly what you deserve? I mean, my friend Bruce Black, you may know Bruce and Cindy Black, uh, hearing that, he said, I ought to get both hands and both feet up in the air. I'm glad I'm not going to get what I deserve. Thank God we get what he's provided for us. He's going to treat us better than we deserve. Aren't you glad we serve a good God? And he's, his goodness and his mercy is new. How many times? Every, this morning, new goodness and new mercy. But then it goes on to say, uh, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I tell you what, just be glad today you're redeemed. And God said he's already redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. And we don't have to have any fear in our lives. And fear is a choice. I remember hearing a movie trailer uh, one time. Uh, it, the, the, you know those broadcaster voices, you know, you know, on those movie trailers it says the danger is real. And then he said, but fear is a choice. And I thought about that. I thought, well, that's pretty spiritual right there. The danger is real, but the fear is a choice. I mean, you know that it, it is your choice because the, the Bible says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Matter of fact, he says to cast it down. And he's, he said it's our choice to walk free from fear. There's nothing to be afraid of if you know and you've read the end of the book. We win. Hallelujah. You know, we've been talking about the lottery for some reason this morning. And I guess, what is it? I don't know where it originated from, where the hub of this last lottery uh, is, is a billion point, you know, something. And the real reality is, if you're in Christ, and Christ is in you, you've already got the winning lottery to know. Yeah. Like Pastor Angela said, you know, whatever on your seat. I mean, we all probably need to check on her seat. She might have, she might have put something under somebody's seat out there. Uh, I've seen that happen before, you know, just to, to bless people in, in some churches. But uh, anyways, we all have the, law, the winning lottery number. We're not, we don't have to wait to win something else. We're all 
David said, I rejoice, O Lord, over your word, like one who struck it rich. I, I rejoice over your, your word, Lord, like one who found a great treasure. In other words, Lord, I'm ecstatic over what you said, like one who just won the lottery. You know what? When you get excited, just simply over the word, and you get excited about what he said, that is an indicator that it, that's an indication that, that you are all in and that you actually believe God's word and that he can actually pull it off and confirm it for you. How many of you know that God doesn't just tell the truth? He is true. He says, as long as there's a sky above your head and there's earth beneath your feet, he said, no, my word will stand forever. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. If I said it, I'll do it. If I've spoken it, I'll make it good. He said he watches over his word to perform it. He said, I, I cannot lie. I am the same God yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you know we have a sure word? And as Pastor uh, Ed has already said, his promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Are you all getting a little happier? Just, you know, I can keep this going just on and on and on, you know. Because I, I believe that people ought to be, the, that, you know, this ought to be the happiest place in town. I mean, you think about it. Uh, I believe it's unacceptable to, to come into the house of the Lord wearing poopy pants. You know what I'm saying? You understand that toddler talk. You, know, you ever have a toddler walk up to you know, and he's got a whole load? And he's got, you know, his, his shorts are bagging down. You know, his, he's on, under a heavy load. You know, he's under a heavy load. And, you know, sometimes you look at Christians and you see, they look like that coming into church. I got news for you. You're healed. You're blessed. You're prosperous. You're in the overflow. You're not the tail. You're the head. You're going over. You're not going under. God's got great things for you. Your best days is just ahead of you. And you don't have to live sick with sickness. You don't have to live with pain. You don't have to live with disease. You don't have to live with oppression. You don't have to live with depression. Everything God promised in His Word, He's able to pull off. He's able to back it up. His Word is true. Hallelujah.
are met according to his riches. And someone help me out. And he says, the, the praise of the righteous causes the glory to manifest. And that's where your provision is. I don't know how he does it. I can't, my brain can't figure it out. But I just know I'm in covenant with a God who can do more than my brain can think. Oh, thank God. Our God is bigger than what your mind can figure out. Hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. I'm, I'm just checking the pulse. That's all, that's all I was doing right there. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you excited? Tonight we're going to have healings and miracles in here. Uh, we're seeing some amazing things happen. Just a couple of real quick testimonies. We're in Jonesboro, Arkansas, a little girl uh, came forward and people were lining up to have hands laid on them and this one little girl, she came up and she couldn't hardly see it all out of one eye and so Andy was ministering. Andy's uh, uh, operating, uh, I call it kind of a, a modern day Catherine Kuhn. Um We've had a significant increase in, in manifestations, instant, sudden manifestations on a very consistent level. I didn't know if I would ever tell Pastor Blum Plum uh, if we come to your church, there will be instant and sudden miracles, healings in every service. And, uh, you know, we, we were in the ministry for 22 years and weren't ever, ever able to say that. But our new normal is seeing lots of manifestations. And so tonight we'll have a little bit more time. Uh, if you know someone that needs healing in their body, they need a miracle, get them here. I'll tell you, the power of God will be present to heal. And not that he hasn't been in other services, but the Lord has helped us. Um, help people be better receivers. The, the anointing has increased to tell people things they need to know to open up their heart a little bit more for God to be able to do what he's always been wanting to do. It's not any different power. He's not manifesting more power. Everything he is and everything he has is in this room right now. And so it's up to you know, us to be better receivers. But he's helping ministers help all of us become better receivers. And so tonight, you'll become a better receiver. And there'll be a lot of people that will receive that's been maybe standing for 20 years, 15 years. And I'm talking about eight people in faith churches. I don't want to, I keep going on that because, but, but anyways, we were in Jones Arkansas, saw this little, beautiful little black girl, probably seven or eight years old. She she had one eye that, you know, wasn't functioning, and uh, so Annie took her by the hands, and the anointing was flowing through her hands into this little girl, and, and then after ministering to her, Annie backed away, and she goes, now tell me how many fingers I'm holding up. She goes to, to the little girl to cover up the good eye, so all she could see out of is the, the eye that wasn't working, and she backed up and pulled up one finger, three fingers, and the little girl goes, said two, and four, and Annie kept backing up, and I just watched Dad, tears coming down his face. I said to the father, I said, how's that, Dad? Do you notice any difference? And it was obvious to him. He hadn't seen his little girl have an experience like that. And he went to the other side of the room, five, one, two, the girl left the scene, just beautifully. Well, everyone rejoiced over that, but there was a uh, another uh, black woman in a wheelchair, very attractive person that came an hour and a half away. She was in a whole other city. 
someone from the church drove an hour and a half to go pick her up. She's in a wheelchair. Brought her back to the meeting, so that's now three hours. So after the service, she's going to take her back, and then bring her back to this friend of hers, a good faith friend, is spending six hours on the road traveling to get this friend and this service. And the whole way there, she tells Annie, she goes, you know, the whole way here, she goes, what she had was sickle cell disease, you know, disease, a disease, sickle cell disease. And I guess, I guess it's more like shingles, it's where your nerve endings and different things that just affect your blood.
metal plate in the back of his neck. And he goes, obviously, you can see, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, so he's a... Uh, uh, we could just go on and on these wonderful testimonies. One lady got a new stomach. He came up because I want a new stomach. It's like, imagine being the minister and someone says, pray for me, I want a new stomach. It's like, what? Well, here the, the doctor said, removed her stomach because she had all these tumors in her body. And they kept growing. They kept growing. They kept growing. All these tumor, tumors. She had over 19 surgeries. All scar tissue. All this stuff going on. Not these these tumors would not it, they kept growing on her ovaries and her stomach. So the doctor said the only way we can you know eliminate this and not keep having the surgeries is we would have to remove your stomach and her ovaries. They they removed her ovaries and her stomach. So that's what they did. They said and, and by the way uh, they said you'll never feel hunger again. Because once your stomach's gone, you just don't ever feel hunger. Well, they prayed. Any minister to whoever took a hold of her hand, they prayed. The next morning, she came in. She goes, Man, she's outside. She goes, I woke up hungry. Well, this meeting where she was at, I wasn't there. They all just rejoiced about hunger. You've never seen people rejoice about hunger as much as they did in this service. And uh, so what happened is for a long time, we didn't hear what happened after that. So later on, Annie was at the Kittle of the Flame, Lynette Haven's meeting with all the ladies there. And Annie, I think, were you ministering at that one? But uh, this, uh, the pastor of that church, uh, Annie and her, saw each other. And she goes, oh, I've been, I've been wanting to see, talk to you. She goes, whatever happened to the lady that was believing God for her stomach? She goes, well, you need to hear it from her. And all of a sudden, this woman comes up that had been prayed for. And what happened, she goes, um, she started eating. And, and she could tell that uh, she something had changed because she got hungry. Well, three months after they had prayed, she woke up one morning with this horrible pain. And uh, so because they were so used to going to the mercy room, uh, they just decided to get in the car. And they, they rushed to the mercy room, and, and they, they were working on her. And they were doing x-rays and did whatever they needed to do. And so the doctor came, comes out to the hospital, out to the waiting room. And he said, well, sir... Uh, we found out what's, what, what was causing the pain. There was some uh, assists on her on her ovaries. So there was a couple cysts on her ovaries that burst. And the husband goes, glory to God! And the doctor goes, sir, do you, do you understand what I just said? Your wife has some cysts that burst on her ovaries. And he goes, glory to God! And the, the doctor goes, no, sir... You understand what I'm saying? Your wife had some cysts that burst on her ovary. He goes, no, doctor, you don't understand. There weren't any ovaries in there before. The doctors had removed the ovaries. And the doctor said this. He goes, we can't explain it, but those 19 different surgeries, all the, all the scar tissue, we can't find any scar tissues. And where we removed the stomach, where we put in a little bitty pouch at the end of our esophagus, it's bigger now. They didn't want to call it a stomach, all they can say is what we left in there is bigger now. So she has a stomach and she got new ovaries. That's our God. I said, that's our God. Well, he's going to be manifesting here tonight. So uh, if you want to see miracles, you need a miracle, you need a healing, that's what's happening here tonight. And uh, I want to encourage you, it'll be, it'll be a little different than uh, the way you have seen things uh, done in the past. That's all I'm going to say about it. And, uh, but God's good. He 
he's faithful, and he's going to do some great things. Would you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Don't you love the Lord? Does that excite you? And he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I want to share you with you this morning. I want to help you understand how to activate the anointing of your testimony. You know, Revelation chapter 12 says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's possible we haven't had the revelation of that scripture as we need to. What a powerful verse that says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. With that in mind, I want to look here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And I, brother, when I came to you, did not come to you with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Everyone say, God has a testimony. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching. Everyone say, my speech and my preaching. We're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Notice it says, in my speech and my preaching, we're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but my speech and my preaching is a demonstration. Is a demonstration. Everyone say demonstration. demonstration. There is power in the word being declared and preached. There's an anointing that is released when you share God's testimony. The word of God is the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the revealed word of God made flesh came to this earth. Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. When the word is spoken, it's a testimony. It's a demonstration. And it causes manifestation. Everyone say the word. The teaching and preaching of the word is a demonstration and causes manifestation. In February of this past year, February the 21st of 2018, Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. I thought it was pretty exciting to see on Fox News and CNN and NBC to hear the Bible preached over and over and over again for at least a week or two. These news broadcasters and all repeating sermons and scriptures and, you know, different things of Billy Graham. I tell you what, I thought... Sure would be nice if the news was always like this. <laughs> That'd be some good news. But in interviews with Franklin Graham, his son, I, I heard him say that they got down the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the simple message. Paul said, I don't seem to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The most powerful message on the earth, the good news is simply in that message right now, right there, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And uh, Brother Franklin 
was saying how him and his father, because they had so many TV interviews, so many radio programs that they had been on, they they made it they they, they made it their highest priority to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified in the shortest amount of time possible. And they said we could do it in two and a half minutes. <laughs> wow! It takes me two and a half minutes to say hello to people, you know. And Brother Graham and, and Brother Franklin, they said they got that message down to two and a half minutes. It, it challenged me as a preacher to don't get very far away from this number one message, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's power in that message. Isn't it amazing that today, you know, there's different time zones. My brother has already had church. Well, you know, he's already, well, he's in the mainland China. So 12 hours ahead of us, or 12 hours ago, they already had church. And the gospel message got preached. And around this globe, the simple message of Jesus Christ and him crucified got preached. And that was over 2,000 years ago. And today, the simplicity of that message has the power in it yes. to produce demonstration yes. and manifestation yeah. that causes a person to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness and be translated into the kingdom of his yes. dear son just hearing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. What a powerful message. Now here's something I, I want to help you see today is God has a testimony and you have a testimony. And actually, if you think about it, any and everything that God has ever done for you is a testimony of God. Because when you got saved, it was a God event. When you got healed, it was a God event. When he came through for you in the area of your finances, just in the nick of time, it was a God event. It was not any less God than Moses taking the children of Israel into the land of promise. So look over here, if you would, to Revelation chapter 12. And I'm just praying that this is going to be something that is going to impact you, uh, encourage you. We need righteousness needs to have a voice right now more than ever. Righteousness needs to have a voice. You can't legislate certain things. Only, I mean, you just take racism, for instance. The Bible says in the last days, nation shall rise up against nation. Ethnic groups against ethnic groups is what that means. We're not going to stop it. And you can't legislate it. But the anointing destroys that demonic antichrist spirit that's in this world. And that's what's behind it all. All that stuff you're hearing about, all the racism that keeps popping up, under the blood of Jesus, there's just one color. There's just one color under the blood of Jesus. But look what it says here, first, or Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 says, And war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought, and that dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, 
And they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with them. Then verse 2 says, now John is having an open vision. He says, John says, then I heard a loud voice saying in, in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now John's seeing in the spirit an open vision and he sees you and I in this day and in this hour that we're living in. And verse 11 says, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. Everyone say, by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. Say the word of, of, of their testimony. Everyone say this, I have a testimony. Your testimony has continual anointing activated ingredients to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Your testimony has power in it. The same power when the gospel message is preached. It has power to deliver. It has power to save. It has power to heal. Your testimony has power to save, power to heal, power to deliver. Your testimony is God's testimony. God's testimony is your testimony. When you share your testimony, it activates an anointing to remove burdens and destroy others. Yesterday, our car broke down on the way to, into Gainesville. That's just a computer thing. And uh, we had to get a tow truck to bring us into town, to bring us to the hotel. Met a man in the truck, and uh, within five minutes, he was telling us his whole life story. Now, his father was a Green Beret. He said he was the devil on earth to him. How he broke his hand for stealing one day, caught him stealing a dollar. And his father broke his hand. Even though he told him not to ever lie, or he would do that because after he broke his hand, he goes, I'm going to take the hospital and you're going to tell the doctor you fell off your paperwork. And if you tell me anything different, he goes, I'll break your other wrist. Rather just breaking his wrist and just have that happen, he really believes his father would do that. So he lied about what happened to him. They talk about how his son did this and did that, mistreated him, just acted a full prodigal son. They basically disowned him. This is all within five minutes of meeting this man. He's telling us his life story. So I told him about a hurt that I experienced. And I told him about how Jesus healed that hurt in my heart. Something that was said about Andy and I. Something that was, we were, you know, someone lied about us. It, is there anybody here besides me ever had someone say something about you that wasn't true? Anybody? <laughs> anybody besides Andy and I? Anybody ever? Tell somebody else something that was completely a lie. And is it just me or is it anybody else that really? Well, this happened to be a lie that's called ministers. We were in a full-time ministry. And uh, I thought well, this could be the end of our ministry. And I, I was just grieving over that until one day downtown Tulsa, Camp Meeting, Brother Cope was ministering. He went to Philippians 3.13. I forget those things that are behind. 
and I press towards the mark of Christ, the high point of God in Christ Jesus. And the Lord just so beautifully, very quickly said, you know what? Neither did you miss it or did you make the mistake you're accused of. But he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, what if you never made a mistake? What if you never missed it? He said, how much victory could you walk in? How would it affect your faith if you had never had any failure ever at all, ever in your entire life? You never missed it. You never made a mistake. You never did anything bad. You never whatever. And, and it was completely removed from your life. How would that affect your faith? How much victory could you walk in? And all of a sudden, I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit. My brother, I didn't even hear the rest of the Brother Copeland's minister uh, sermon. But all I got was, I am totally set free from that thing that was plaguing me. Because I chose to believe what the Holy Spirit said about His Word. And I received it. I opened up my heart to the Word. And the truth set me free. God has a testimony that declares you're free because of what Jesus did. And I shared that with them. And all of a sudden, the tears started flowing. This guy, he's all greased up. He's got some of the most calloused hands. His truck was greased up. I mean, Andy and I had to get in the truck and like, oh, it's going to be. I wasn't wearing this, thank God. I was in jeans. And, uh, but it, this guy looked like he had just crawled out of the hole. He's got tears coming down. I say, can I pray for you? Can you take my hand? Power of God went in him. Yeah. All I did was share a small, short testimony. The moment you share your testimony with somebody or the testimony of Jesus, it triggers something. Yeah. It activates the power of God. It activates the anointing to remove burdens and to destroy yokes. You can do it for others, but glory to God, you can do it for yourself. When you share your testimony with a friend or someone, you can tell there's, there's a, a reaching out. When you share your testimony with Jesus, you know what? People will argue about doctrine. But they can't argue about your testimony. I've talked to people from different religions. And the moment I start sharing what God and Jesus did for me, it shuts it all down. It just shuts it down. They can't argue with how God touched you. They can't tell you you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you're too late. There's power in your testimony, church. I said there's power in your testimony. When I was about seven or eight years old, I had the worst case of allergies and asthma a person could have. I saw a really funny thing on the television. It was an advertisement for a sitcom. I think you'll think it's funny. I, I, listen, I had asthma, so I'm not making fun of you. This uh, son came in from playing outside, and he, the son says, Mama, I, I like I'm having an asthma attack. I've got asthma. And she goes, honey, we can't afford that. Go back outside and play. <laughs> you know, that's how I grew up. She's like, no, we're not having any asthma attack. Get it back out there. Go play, this. Go play football. You know, so, you know, now we got pills for everything. You know, you just sniffles. You know, get a pill for that. You know? and, and so, uh, 
bathed in with special soaps. I couldn't have ice cream. I couldn't get around furry animals. And if I got around a cat, my, my eyes would literally swell shut where I can't even see. I, uh, I remember being on a vacation one time with my parents. They were visiting some friends in uh, North Carolina. They were out in the middle of the woods with some pine trees. And I don't know if it was the pollen season or whatever. But uh, I was in the back bedroom. I, I heard my parents laughing. And they're carrying on, having the best time of their life, seeing some old friends. And I'm, I'm in the back bedroom. And I'm literally, and I'm not, not exaggerating. I promise you I'm not exaggerating. I'm breathing every breath of air this entire night like this and here's here's one and a half breaths Moment happened. My parents looked up to heaven. They said, 
breathing ever again, totally delivered, set free, and allergies delivered. Just set free. Did, did you feel anything there when I shared that with you? Did you feel like some kind of a something? It's like it's like you were there. Because the thing is, is when I shared that with you right now, it activated the anointing of the moment that happened. The same power that went into my body when I shared my testimony with you activated. It triggered. It caused a manifestation. And you felt it. You have a testimony. Your testimony is God's testimony. Look real quick, if you would. Pastor, is it okay to, if I just have a, just a little bit of bonus time here? I want to get this out. Annie's going to be ministering this evening. But look at Cornelius uh, in Acts chapter 10. You know, we, we don't have meetings, special meetings, all like this all the time, do we? I don't like long meetings, but just long meetings take either or. You just give me a little bit of time this morning to get this out. I'm so grateful to you. Because we want to bless you. And I know you know I'm not rambling. Is that right? You know, in Acts chapter 10, just, just hold your place there. I'll just tell you what's happening. In this church, most of you all know exactly what's happening in Acts chapter 10. we got two men of God that are getting ready to come together. We have Peter, who's in Joppa, and the Lord causes him to have a vision in the middle of the night. He sees the sheep, these four-legged creatures coming down. And uh, we won't go into the whole thing of what, what happened there, but the main thing was, is the Lord revealed to him that the Holy Ghost in the, in the gospel is for the Jews and the Gentiles, there's no division among nations. That the, the message of the cross is for every man. And revealed to him that uh, there's no separation between, between Jews and, and, and Gentiles. And so here's over in Caesarea, there's a man named Cornelius. And the Bible says, records that he was a giving man and he was a praying man. I personally think it's kind of interesting and kind of exciting that someone who loved the presence of God to spend time praying, and he gave to God. God wanted to make sure he got and his household got what he needed to move forward. A praying man and a giving man. And God says, I'm bringing a visitation to this man. He loves me. He loves fellowshiping with me. And he's a giver. He's given to my to, to, to the kingdom. And so Cornelius is, is praying. And he has a, a visitation from an angel in white clothing. And the, the Lord says, there's a man named Peter in Joppa. Seek, have your men go and seek him out. He's got words in heaven for you. Most of you know this event. They're not just stories. They're actual events. And so... Cornelius has some of his men go to Joppa. They knock on Peter's door. Peter already knows someone's coming. So his door opens up. They go, the Lord has already shown me I have to go with you. So the next day they go to Caesarea. And Peter walks in. 
And as he walks in, Cornelius falls on his knees. And he starts to actually kind of takes a posture of worshiping Peter. And Peter immediately says, no, 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 no. He goes, he goes stand up on your feet. He goes, he goes, there's only one person that should be worshipped. His name is Jesus. And then Peter starts talking to Cornelius and his household and all of his servants that were in, in this house. So he's now bringing to, to Cornelius the word of the Lord that God wanted him to say. Matter of fact, if you look at verse 42, you say one of the things he repeats about what Jesus commanded this disciple to do. He said, he told us to preach and to testify. Does your Bible say that? Everyone say preach and testify. Now just a, a little quick you know, injection here. And uh, the first chapter of Titus and uh, verse 1 and 2. You'll see where God said uh, that, and hopefully eternal life, Paul said, which God, who cannot lie, promised. And then in ages to come, he will manifest his word through preaching. So we see from Titus that God manifests his word through preaching. Manifestation and demonstration comes from preaching, teaching, and testifying. Everyone say preaching, teaching, and testifying. God causes manifestation to come to pass by preaching the word. Your testimony is a God event. God event becomes your testimony. Peter comes in there and Cornelius says, tell us what we need to know. I know God has sent you. He showed me you were to come and share words from heaven. So Peter begins to rehearse all the things he saw in Jesus' life. How he was anointed from God who went about doing good. Doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Healing, saving people, blessing people, doing good. And he's sharing that and probably, it doesn't say it here, but more than likely, probably, he starts talking about what happens in the and he starts talking about how the Holy Ghost was poured out. Now, all he's doing, he says in verse 42, Jesus commanded us to testify. So this is all that Peter's doing in Cornelius' house. He's just testifying about what he saw and what he experienced. He's testifying probably what happened in the, up, in the upper room. And verse 44 says, the Holy Ghost fell. Peter is is rehearsing just what he experienced and saw in Jesus' life and probably what happened in the other room. And when he did, the anointing got activated from his testimony. The same Holy Ghost that was in the upper room fell right there when he began to share the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you could say the testimony brought manifestation. The testimony of Jesus Christ and the work that he has done caused activation. Everyone say the anointing, the anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Say the anointing. You know the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Everyone say I'm anointed. You know it's kind of a cool thing that you get to say that. Because that's what Jesus did in Luke, uh, chapter, Luke 4, verse 18. It says, it was 
got up to preach, he would get up and say this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. There's a reason why Jesus would do that on a regular basis. It's because he was activated. And Ed and I were invited to do a, a healing meeting with uh, Brother Keith Moore and Phyllis Moore in Branson. Uh, they had some guests there, Dodie Osteen, uh, Joel Osteen's mother, who got free from cancer. Uh, Ray Jean Wilson, some of you know Ray Jean. Uh, Richard Roberts was there. Uh, uh, a man named Dieter Karsnakis. Now, Brother Keith told us he invited us. He wanted everybody there who had a healing anointing. So everybody that was on the platform tonight who was going to take part and do something in this meeting all carried a, a healing anointing. They stood in an office. And so we're in this meeting, and the one person I couldn't quite figure out was there it was kind of a mystery to me. And I, I don't mean to take away from anything of how God uses him, but the person that I didn't, I didn't couldn't figure out why Dino Parsonakis was there because he's a piano player. His, his business card says, show me him. When I think anointing, I don't think about business cards where people say, I'm a showman. Is that fair? So I'm thinking, you know, why is he there? Well, what I did put together was at one point when God had done some things, even before Brother Keith got up, uh, Brother uh, Richard Roberts got up, had some uh, words of knowledge, there were some gifts of healing, people received some wonderful things, he called out some things from the, the TBN, the three-hour cake TBN special. And, and, and uh, it was such a beautiful service. And so finally, Brother Keith got up and said, I'd like to introduce one of my friends. He became friends with Dino Parsonakis. I remember Rachel Wilson said, I can't believe that Keith Moore became friends with someone who wore a cape. But anyway, that's just a little side. <laughs> but um, in this service, thank you, first of <laughs> In this service, Dino Parsonakis got up and took the microphone. And before he went to the piano, because he's, like he's like a Christian Liberace. Remember Liberace? Some of you are old enough to know. He got up to the microphone and goes, some of you might not know this about me, but I used to play piano for Catherine Coleman. Okay, now, now I'm starting to see something here. He said, and Catherine Coleman had a favorite song. And tonight, I want to play that song for you. He sets the mic down, goes to the, to the piano, rolls out the first chord to He Touched Me. And when he did, Annie leaned over to me she has a strong, tangible anointing that manifests in her hands. She leaned over, she goes, the healing anointing just manifested in my hands. When he started the first chord to the song that he said he played when he played for Catherine Kuhlman, somehow in the realm of the spirit, it breached Catherine Kuhlman's meeting to that meeting and activated and triggered the same anointing that was in Catherine Kuhlman's meeting. She turned to me and she goes, that in the anointing just manifested. I have a friend. Praise the Lord, I have a friend. <laughs> I got to know this, this gentleman. He's a revivalist. He's a Raymond graduate. He was struggling because he was preaching about miracles and not seeing any miracles. Or very few healings. And he, he was tormented about it. Travel across the land, preaching, teaching, declaring miracles, not seeing it. And he said, you know, he used to be in NASCAR race, racing. And he said, Lord, I, I can't take this much longer. I can't take this. Can't keep preaching on healings and miracles and not seeing it. 
And he was just, he was constantly just before the Lord saying, Lord, something's got to change. I can't keep doing this. Preaching on healings and miracles and not seeing it. And the Lord said, uh, tell you what, this man, very close to Rodney Howard Brown, he said, I want you to, every time you're not in a service preaching, he said, I want you to get on a plane in your car, and I want you to go to Brother Rodney Howard Brown's services and get into every one of his services. He said, okay, you know, I'll do that. Well, if, if you've never been a traveling minister, you have no idea what, what a work that is to get out of your own meetings and immediately travel with somebody else and get into every one of someone else's meetings. The time, the money, the investment, the, the wear on your body. But he did that because that's what the Lord said. He goes, if you really want to start seeing healings and miracles, get into every one of his meetings. When you're not preaching, get into every one of his meetings. Well, he did that for six months. So now they're over here in Daytona Beach, Florida. And they're out on the beach. My friend Richard and Rodney Howard Brown, they're staying on the beach looking at the ocean. And Brother Rodney turns to my friend Richard and goes, you know, it's getting late. We have a service tonight. I, I need to go up and prepare a little bit more getting God's presence before the service tonight. So he left my friend Richard on the beach. Brother Rodney went inside the hotel, got up, there, up, up, got up in his room. He's looking out the window. He still sees Richard standing there on the beach. And uh, the Lord said to Brother Rodney, he says, go back down there and tell him he's passed the test. So Brother Rodney goes back down the elevator, walks down the beach. Richard, my friend, is staring at the ocean, and Brother Rodney walks up behind him and taps him on the shoulder three times. Boom, boom, because the Lord said, pass the test. Now, nothing dramatic happened, but this was like, uh, I think sometime in December, well, in January, the very next time my friend got in the pulpit, he started sharing that testimony. And every time he tells it, what happened that moment? The Holy Ghost falls in an extraordinary way. I was at a golf club. I like to play golf. My friend Richard likes to play golf. And I heard about that. I said, Richard, can you tell me what happened? I heard about how the anointing falls when you tell that testimony. I said, can you tell me what happened? I'm, we're sitting having a burger, and I want to hear this testimony. And he goes, no. Now, you, you realize, I, Annie and I, we travel. We've been in the traveling ministry for 37 years. Traveled with Kenneth Hagin for 10 years. 15 crusades a year, three services a day in each one of those. I mean, three years of Rima. They know we needed one more year because we needed help. And all that that's been in us, my friend is looking at me at eating a burger and says, I, I, I can't tell you my testimony right now because if I do, we're going to be underneath this table. I went, say what? He goes, if I tell you my testimony, we're going to be on the floor. And and I don't know if you can see the bubble over my aren't you glad there's not a bubble over your head saying everything you think? I looked at him, I said, I'm 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 puzzled by this. I said, do you know who I am? You know, do you know what I've been around some strong anointings. I think I can handle hearing your testimony without but you know what I d I didn't I didn't do that. I, I just respectfully said Okay, that's fair enough. And so uh, he said, after the end of the round, he said, you know what, Brother Rodney has asked me to fill in for him at our church, the River Church over there in uh, Tampa. And he goes, um, it's going to be live stream. Take a look at it. So Annie was on the road. I'm home, and I'm looking uh, at my iPad, and I'm watching my, my friend Richard. He ministered a message. It 
you know you would hear on a regular basis from your pastor. But he got to the end. He goes, now I'm going to tell you my testimony. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> he pulls up an usher and he demonstrates Brother Rodney coming out of the hotel and walking up to the back of this usher. And he said he tapped me on the shoulder. And he had this usher standing up there. He tapped him three times. And when he tapped him three times and said, you passed the test. I saw on live stream the Holy Ghost come on this man, drunk as a skunk, hit the floor, and he goes, I need another usher. Brother, here, you know, it's like, you know, uh, called the next person up, walked up behind this usher, tapped him three times on the shoulder, said, you passed the test. Oh! <laughs> Couldn't even stand up. Had to go get him. He goes, I need another usher. He's going for ushers. Now, I don't know if this is just by chance, but the power of my iPad I don't know if that has anything to do with what I was witnessing, but I literally lost power after he's going through ushers, and I'm thinking, wow, he, he's sharing his testimony, and it's act every time he shares his testimony, it activated the anointing of the moment of when it happened to him. Pastor Ed, you know this better than, than anybody. Brother Hagen shared the Rockwell vision. How many times have you heard that testimony? I'm going to tell you something about that testimony. Annie and I, and all the traveling we did with him, there's something that we didn't understand about him telling that testimony. I want to just share, leave you with this. The Lord appeared to Brother Hagin. He put the finger of his right hand in the palm of both of his hands. He said, I've called you. I've anointed you. I've anointed you, and I've put a healing anointing in your hands. And when he said, when the head of the church in this open vision said that to him, he's looking at Jesus like I'm looking at this man right now. It's an open vision. He's seeing Jesus. He said, I don't want you to lay your head on anyone. I didn't tell you to lay your head on anyone. The anointing's in your hand. When you lay hands on people, the tangible power, my healing power, will flow out of your hands and into their body. And he would say that. And then Jesus said this. Now you're going to have to tell them. In order for this anointing to work, you're going to have to tell people, I appear to you. You're going to have to tell them that I appear to you, and I place the finger of my right hand in the palm of your hands, and tell them what I told you. Matter of fact, then Jesus looked at Brother Hagin and said, matter of fact, the bolder you tell this testimony, the more it will manifest. Interesting. Well, where were Pastor Greg and Debbie Barney before he passed away at Brazilian State Health down there in Orlando International Drive? And we're rehearsing this. And all of a sudden, that bunny rabbit, the dots, I, I finally saw, all of a sudden, it all started making sense. Brother Hagen did not, Jesus did not tell Brother Hagen to do that, and he had to do it. And out of obedience to just tell the testimony, that's why it would work, because of obedience. Jesus told Brother Hagin, the bolder you tell your testimony, the more it will manifest this anointing. Matter of fact, this anointing will not work unless you tell the people, I appear to you. I pointed, I put my right finger. It wasn't about obedience. It was about Jesus who would get up regularly and say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me. Well, the people he would say it to, they all knew what the anointed did. The anointing would remove burdens and destroy yokes. They were very 
custom, they knew they were educated. What does the anointing do? It will remove burdens and destroy yokes. So Brother Hagin wasn't sharing his testimony just out of obedience. Jesus told Brother Hagin he had to tell it. And as a matter of fact, I want you to tell it boldly because that's what activated when he would tell the testimony. And Brother Hagin, we know there was times that Brother Hagin, he would be ministering and oil would be dripping out of his hands. Not sweat, oil. And when he would tell it, he didn't always tell people what was happening at the moment, but when he would tell it, that anointing would start burning in his hands. We all know that from being around all, all those years. But the thing, what I wanted you to see was his testimony brought activation. Are you all getting this? Does this make sense at all? Friends, I want to tell you, you have a testimony. Your testimony is, in ex is exchanged with God's testimony. Everything God has done for you, if there were books in the Bible, it could be the book of Pastor Greg, the book of Pastor Greg here, because, see, whatever God has done for you, Pastor Greg, it could have been in the Bible because it's what God did. It wasn't something you did. It, it was a God event. When God heals your body, it's a testimony of God. But it's now your testimony. And when you share your testimony, it will activate. It will manifest. It will cause demonstration and manifestation. Now, some of you, not trying to be cute, kind of fun, to be funny, some of you may need to work on your delivery a little bit. Make sure it's not boring. Remember uh, Franklin and Billy Graham, they got to be able to tell their testimony in two and a half minutes. God's testimony. That's pretty good when you can share God's whole testimony in two and a half minutes. I mean, you know, that should challenge us to get better and shorter. Because it, it was literally three minutes of me sharing my testimony with the man in the truck when the anointing came on him. And you could see the anointing moved on him. He got set free from his past over a year of basically rejecting. I will never, he said on in that truck, he says, my son is no longer a part of You know that there's a lot of people that share their testimony and they share bad testimonies. I remember, remember when this happened to me. Remember when? Have you ever noticed that when you share? Here's a here's a counterfeit to the activation of the anointing that's supposed to work in the positive. Have you ever noticed when you discuss and you bring up and talk about somebody that hurts you, all of a sudden something begins to happen? All of a sudden, I start feeling anxious. You start thinking about what they said to you, how they hurt you, what they did to you, and you start hurt, and you start testifying of that. Do you notice how it manifests all the emotions and all the yuck that happened in that ugly situation? That's a counterfeit to the anointing of what's supposed to be happening when you talk about what God said about you. Hallelujah. 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 You just stand up for a moment and lift your hands and thank God you have a testimony this morning. Would you do that? I hope that's revelation to you now. I hope you got some insight this morning. Revelation. You have a testimony. It's God's testimony. God's testimony is your testimony.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.